Hey, it's official. The Jordan Acid Saga is over, and he is off to Southern California, just as we thought originally. So this whole thing has come full circle. We'll talk about this entire thing. We'll wrap a nice little bow on this entire saga. We'll look ahead at what Pitt now looks like as a team without any Jordan Addison moving forward. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe to all that great stuff. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, continue to support the show as always. Folks, Jordan Addison, he is officially out of here and he is officially now a USC Trojan. That is what Jordan Addison is now officially at. He is no longer a Pittsburgh Panther. Thought maybe he could come back. There was a little bit of talk of that. Nope. He goes to where everyone thought he would go from the ripe beginning, right? So this thing, you know, with the whole Texas deal, with the whole Alabama smoke, there's been a lot of that, but he ends up right where we heard after draft night where he would end up, which was the University of Southern California. So Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, those guys get a great weapon out there in Los Angeles. As you know, Jordan Aston feeling that California love gets a big time NIL deal with them. Don't know the exact terms of that deal, but Jordan Addison is in USC now and Pitt now has to move on. So officially in the books now, Pitt knows that they will not have Jordan Addison in 2022. And that's, that's, let's be real here. You know, we've talked about this. We've, we've talked about all the, the angles from this, you know, from, oh, what, you know, the angle of what happened here. Uh, we've, we talked about, you know, some other guys here, you know, specifically in the fact that, well, what about Kadani Mumfield and what about these other guys? We've talked about Keaton Slovis. We've talked about a lot of different things regarding this Jordan Asset situation because it affects so many different things. It's effectively started a wildfire in college football in terms of NIL contracts and all of this collectives. The NCAA has kind of come down on collectives now and everything has gone haywire as a result of this. Essentially, this is the entire thing that started all of that and now – you have Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at it over the airwaves publicly with Deion Sanders involved as well because, of course, that is what's going on. And it kind of all comes back to this situation where, really, this is what has kicked off everything, right? This is exactly what has just started everything from the very beginning and when we actually look at what's happened here, Pitt has kind of 
kicked off what is one of the more explosive storylines of any college football offseason in recent memory. So good for Pitt, I guess. They've certainly been in the public eye in the recent years um, because of some things, and this is another one of them. And Pitt's had a heck of a year in terms of that. So they've had headlines, good and bad, of course, this one being one that is very negative for the team. And I, I think you look at it in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that you still feel a, a very sour about what happened, kind of how this happened, how before he was even in the portal, USC was mentioned, you were getting terms of the deal leaked out. Um, and again, I don't know the terms of that deal. Um, I'm not going to publicly speculate on some things that are out there. I don't know exactly what he's getting. He's getting more than he made at Pitt. Uh, that is certain he could be getting other things and accessory to that from USC's collective. Uh, he is getting a, a very nice deal here uh, going to USC. So so he's going to be paid handsomely, and he gets to go to Southern California, and he gets to go play with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Not a lot of downsides to that if you're Jordan Addison. Now, not sure this USC team is – all that great. Uh, I think that there's still a lot of question marks for them. Uh, I think that they don't have a great O-line. I still think the defense is pretty bad, but hey, they have Lincoln Riley. They have Caleb Williams. He also has another receiver playing beside him and Mario Williams, who I think is going to be a really nice player um, for them. So he'll have a lot of targets come his way. That's for sure. I think that it's a good offense for Jordan Addison to put up a lot of points in have put up a lot of good things in i i just not sure we're gonna see usc soar up to the lengths that they should uh but uh, but again i think you're an acid personally is gonna get a lot out of this uh he's gonna get a lot of exposure on the west coast uh he is going to get a lot of money obviously from this deal he's gonna get to play with a really good quarterback and offensive mind and he's gonna get a lot of target share um so that that's the things I guess he, you know, if you're prioritizing that, uh, he's gonna get that. So the fit with USC is okay, you may it makes sense to a degree. Now, Jordan Asson did release a statement thanking Pitt, thanking all of his coaches, and thanking everyone around the program. And you can see it right here. I'm gonna put it right there in front of my face. Uh, you can see this is what Jordan Addison said specifically thanking the University of Pittsburgh. You can see, very happy about winning that ACC championship. But he has considered it all and will go to USC. So, Jordan Addison is going to be a USC Trojan. And, hey, now this is another loss for Pitt. And, you know, they didn't lose a ton after this year. But that's three very significant pieces now that you can say Pitt has lost. You know, obviously, the big piece of that is Kenny Pickett, Heisman finalist, quarterback, first-round draft pick. Huge loss. Obviously going to be a huge loss. going to be very tough to replicate that. Then you have your number one cornerback in Demari Mathis. That's going to be another big loss. Uh, I think that they have the capability to replace him in the secondary. But, hey, your corner one is not easy to replace. And then, obviously, obviously you have Jordan Addison, the former Bolitnikoff award winner. So three very big losses that is going to clip this team a little bit. So you lose your wide receiver one, your QB one, 
and your corner one. Plus, also, you lose your punter. We still don't know the punter situation. There's been some trepidation around that. Um, but I think that those three are big losses. I think, you know, they they were, they bring back a lot of guys on the defensive line. They bring back the whole O-line. They add in a few really talented pieces offensively. They bring back the whole running back core. They're adding Keaton Slovis. I think that there's a lot of good things about this team still. I think this is a good team. Um, but they have now lost a lot of firepower. And then they lost – a great quarterback and they lost a fantastic receiver because no matter what you think of the situation, how it went down, whatever, right? Jordan Addison is one of the best receivers in college football. He's going to be a first round draft pick. He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen put on a pit uniform. And there have been a lot of good receivers put on a pit uniform, you know, and, and that's even in the past two decades, right? Antonio Bryant, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyler Boyd, Jonathan Baldwin. And so Jordan Addison's up there with, most of them. And really, that, that's the type of player Jordan Addison is. Jordan Addison is a star. Jordan Addison is going to be great wherever he went. And so, you know, it, it sucks to lose him. It sucks the way it went down, that's for sure. But I think pitting out, the really only thing you can say to yourself is move ahead. That's all you have to do at this point. But still, this team as a whole definitely going to have some things to look at. But first, folks, I want to go a little bit off the rails, just a little bit, to stay on the Jordan Addison topic. And I kind of want to put this into summation about maybe why he did it, or some speculation on that. And let's, let's kind of put this in the national conversation a little bit, and let's put everything into perspective. But first, let me let you know about... Built Bar, because folks, I love brownies, but you know what I might love love just a little bit more? Brownie batter. Yeah, I know. You can sometimes set that aside and just have all of that. The frosting is great. You can have everything you might want with brownie batter. Well, you're in luck if you want something that is specifically flavored after that, because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. Folks, this puff takes protein bars to a different type of of Leto. If you haven't had Built Puffs yet, you need to taste them. They are marshmallows. They taste super soft. They are great. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And the brownie batter puffs are only 140 calories, 17 grams of protein. You get all that protein with only 7 grams of sugar. They are perfect for what you might want. So folks, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Lockdown Podcast. We are talking about USC here. We are tying a nice bow on everything, right? And I think that while we've talked a lot about NIL and, you know, what's happened and we've seen what's happened and we know how messy this is going to get and how messy it's getting, uh, just, you know, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, that is obviously a huge talking point right now amongst college football fans and everything and kind of comes back to this situation right really when you look at it, it's the jordan acid situation narduzzi makes a stink about it to lincoln riley it catches wildfire nationally then it kind of goes over to the ncaa is going to change the tampering rules and put collectives and boosters under those rules and now it is publicly 
We have coaches that are publicly accusing each other of paying players and buying players, uh, which is just incredible. Uh, I mean, this offseason has been something we have feuds of Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher, Pat Narduzzi versus Lincoln Riley, Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime against Nick Saban. We have some special feuds this offseason, folks. If you thought this was going to be entertaining, well, you are in for it. That's for sure. But Pitt, in this Aston situation, kickstarted everything, right? It really is the launch point. And now we're starting to see, I think, I think we have, I'll say this, I think looking back when we were looking at this at eight, on April 28th, April 30th, and we were looking at this and we were saying, what's wrong with college football? I think we have a more clear public eye of it. And, you know, it's clear Jordan Addison left largely because of the money, right? I think that we have to put that into perspective. Obviously, the money was a huge part of this. And if anyone tells you otherwise, you're wrong. Because, yes, there there could be other motivations. And, and I think there might have been. I think that there might have been some other motivations that he looked at. And maybe he didn't, you know, feel like he fit in with the new pit offense. Or maybe he didn't like, you know, wh what was going on in the building. And didn't like the, the new look, if you will. Uh, I don't buy the concerns about Keen Slovis. I don't buy that rumor. Uh, I, I don't think it's a huge problem overall when you look at Frank Signetti. I think that Frank Signetti has done a great job over his career of getting the ball to his star. So I think Jordan Aston would have gotten ton touches. He would have been the featured part of the offense. I think he would have gotten great stats. I think Tyquan Underwood's a fantastic coach. I think that the point, though, is, is that, okay, you have a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new wide receivers coach, and – Maybe he's just not meshing with him. And maybe, you know, it's it's just one of those things where things just aren't completely there. And, you know, we can say that from the outside, but maybe Jordan Addison doesn't feel that way completely. And, you know, maybe in, in a case where there's no NIL, that doesn't matter as much. And, you know, he's just going to think, oh, things will work out, all that good stuff, right? But there's also the possibility within that kind of vein that, the NIL money is kind of just sweetening that and, and kind of saying, okay, I, I have these maybe somewhat concerns that are creeping in my mind. I'm going to jump ship. And I think that's kind of what you look at. And again, I, I think that the money is 100% a huge factor in all this, probably the biggest factor. I don't know what Jordan Addison thought. I don't know exactly why he left. I think that there's a little bit more to it than just, oh, he's getting a huge bag. Um, but I also will say this. I, I think if any college player is presented with some of the figures that have been thrown around with Jordan Addison, I think that you'd be a fool to not take that. Um, I, I just don't see it. And especially if he had just a little bit more of an inkling behind it, of course he would do it. So really... Jordan Addison is gone and his true intentions. Now, I don't think that he thought anything more so other than say, this is generational wealth. I think that's a huge part of it. And maybe there were some other concerns, but I can't see them as the motivating factors 
for really all of this. And I, I think that this is just the situation where Pitt got bit early. You know, I, again, I think that the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban saga is showcasing a lot of things. Uh, first of all, hypocrisy. I think we both know, you know, we all know here that Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are paying recruits lavishly. Uh, I think we know that. And again, there's not necessarily anything wrong therein of that. Uh, it's, it's legal now. Um, so, you know, they are paying their recruits very lavishly. Um, uh, you come to Texas A&M, you know, the collectives will give you nice deals. Uh, the teams will give you nice deals, right? The collectives at Alabama will give you nice deals. So, yeah, they're going to be giving out very nice deals, these collectives. And so I, I think we know that. You go to Texas A&M, you're going to get nice deals from the collectives. You go to Alabama, you're going to get nice deals from the collectives. Maybe that was Nick Saban just putting out a, a kind of a rallying cry to his boosters and saying, pay up a little bit more, right? It's potentially that. There's a lot to kind of take into that. I think that everyone knows that, obviously, the money flow is very rich down there in the SEC. I think everyone knows the, the money flows very richly in Southern California at USC. And that's why a lot of people were upset about this you know, Jordan Addison thing. They're not mad that Addison took it. They're mad more so that Jordan Addison wasn't even in the portal, and we already knew that he was going to USC, and he did go to USC. And so that is the world of NIL, and I think we have just such an open view of things in the modern-day kind of landscape of college football that it's almost bare to everyone. NIL boosters, all the interconnections between these things, right, is just so apparent to us that we know all about it. We are having coaches publicly feud over it, and they'll deny it. They will deny it. We know what's going on. It's not bad that the players are getting paid. They deserve to be paid. It's just been the wild, wild west, and that's where we're at right now. We are in the wild, wild west, and Pitt, you know, we, we feel it here in Pittsburgh because you, as Pitt, are one of those teams that has been bit first by this, so kind of publicly and so out there. Louisville feels this with Tyler Harrell, but that didn't get a lot of buzz, right? It almost felt like before Harrell even entered the portal at Louisville, he was already bound for Alabama. Just like it felt like the same way with Addison to USC. This is the landscape of college football right now. It's a changing landscape. That's what it is. All right. Let's put realistic expectations on this pit team now that Addison is officially gone. Let's talk about it. Let's put it all together. But first, let me let you know, folks, about BetOnline, because our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And, folks, I would like to tell you that the backyard brawl spread is now out on BetOnline.ag, pit favored, negative six and a half. So make sure to check that out. If you want to lay down some moolah on that, if you want to put something down on that, make sure to feel that out. Folks, all you have to do is head to the website, use your mobile device to learn more. 
about that trend in the action. Put some down, and you know that Bet Online is where the game starts. podcast we're talking here about Jordan Addison transferring to USC now that it is official now that we officially know that Mr. Addison is out of town and we were mentioning this earlier and I I talked about it so Pitt now loses their Heisman finalist quarterback their Belitnikov award winning wide receiver and their corner one Damari Mathis who was one of the best corners in the ACC Drafted in the fourth round. Great player. Big losses. Uh, and they lost a lot of the linebacking core. So, you know, a lot of inexperience at the second level as well. You lose Phil Campbell. You lose Chase Pine. You lose Johnny Patrician. You lose a lot of the guys there. And that will hurt Pitt a little bit. You lose Cam Bright to the transfer portal, right? So you do have, I think, worries here. You lose Lucas Kroll. I think that the big three, though, are Mathis, Pickett, and Addison, specifically Pickett and Addison on another level. Because remember, Pitt went 11-3 and with these guys. So what is the realistic expectation to have with this team now? Now that you don't have Jordan Addison, and you know how I feel about Kanade Mumfield, you know that I feel he's great. I have some very serious questions still, personally. About Keaton Slovis, we'll see what happens there. I love the running back court. I like the offensive line. I think this defense has the opportunity to be phenomenal this year. I know that they lost to Mario Mathis, but I am very high, and we'll talk more in depth about the DB group at a later date, but I'm very high on MJ Devonshire, I like Marquez Williams. I think AJ Woods took a lot of good strides. I think I have a lot of good talent in that room. You know, Rashad Battle, Ryland Gandy, uh, Tamarian Crumpley, Noah Biglow. They have a few really good guys there. The safety room is nice. You know, Eric Hallett, I thought, played really well down the stretch last year. Struggled a little bit early on, but I, I thought he played well. And they have some really promising young defensive backs in that room with P.J. O'Brien, now Khalil Anderson up there. I think Javon McIntyre has got some real sauce in his game. And you obviously have Brandon Hill. Uh, so I think it's a really good secondary. I think that the defensive line needs no introduction from me. You're replacing Keyshawn Camp on the interior, which is going to be the question. Who steps in and gets some more snaps? You know, you return Greed, you return Bentley, you return Danielson, you return Cantsey, obviously. But does that open up room for someone like Elliot Donald? Good question. Uh, I think that's a valid question at that. Is Elliot Donald potentially the guy that kind of steps into that and kind of feels that out? Uh, I think that's a really strong possibility that we see. Um, and then you kind of look at the DNs, and you essentially return everybody. Deslin Alexander is back. You have Haba back. You have John Morgan back. Dayon Hayes is breaking out. You know, you have great talent, young talent in Bam Brima. Uh, you still have Nakai Johnson, you have Samuel Okinlola, a really young guy. You have Sean Fitzsimmons on the interior. You have so much depth there. And, and you know, it's really just going to be, I think, about this wide receiver group and this quarterback group. 
Because I think this defense is going to be great. I really do. I believe a lot in this defense. And I believe a lot in the running backs. And I believe a lot in Gavin Bartholomew. And I think that, you know, they have really high-level guys along the offensive line. I'm a huge Carter Warren fan. Huge Carter Warren fan. Love what Jake Creel does. Marcus Meyer, such a steady presence. We'll see where they put Gabe Hoy. He's going to start somewhere. What happens at center? We'll figure that out too, right? Questions are going to be, who's stepping up in the wide receiver room? What about Keaton Slovis? And I think people are going to put their expectations in the roof, in the ceiling. Because it doesn't appear like the Coastal is going to be all that strong again. Right? I mean, let's let's look at the, the Coastal right now. And who, like, okay, let's take a look at the Coastal. Who are you super scared of? UNC, losing Sam Howell. They still have Josh Downs. But is that team going to scare you a ton? I wouldn't be super scared of UNC right off the bat. Duke, almost never a threat in that division. And again, not one that you're kind of looking at. I I just don't see it. Georgia Tech, this is do or die for Jeff Collins. Maybe it's a desperate Yellow Jackets team that comes out of nowhere. But again, the talent level isn't there. They lost Jameer Gibbs. Tyson Pumachan just recently transferred there, so maybe he can give them a spark, but is he really better than Jeff Sims? I don't know. Virginia Tech, Brent Prize coming in, but this is a very, very transitional year for them. There's talent on that team. There are a lot of quarterbacks. Is one of the quarterbacks going to be maybe the wild card to hit? Maybe that changes how things go. Maybe. But still, I think a lot of trepidation to be had there. Virginia, I think this is the dark horse team. They have two really talented players in Brennan Armstrong and Dontavian Wicks that are phenomenal football players and that I think will take the next step. And I love both of those guys in their games. They also have Canton Thompson, right? So they have three really good weapons there. Cool. Uh, But... The whole new O-line is coming in. The defense still isn't great, and Tony Elliott's got to get something established there. I think you're putting a lot on them, but again, Brennan Armstrong gives them that dark horse chance. The real threat in the Coastal is Miami. Tyler Van Dyke is back. He has a very talented group of players around him. Will Mallory is a great tight end, one of the best in the ACC, if not the best. You obviously have a very nice young group of running backs. And Jalen Knighton is one of the best there. I love Jalen Knight. My favorite players in the ACC to watch. You have some really talented wide receivers. You know, you got guys like Xavier Restrepo, Keyshawn Smith. A lot of potential, great athletes in that group. A somewhat experienced offensive line coming back. Going to have some youth coming in. And then the question is going to be, what about the defense? You know, you bring in some guys like Daryl Porter Jr., Akeem Mesador, Caleb Johnson. There's a lot of young guys in that room. Are they going to be able to kind of mesh quickly? And and how is Mario? how quickly is Mario Cristobal going to be able to establish his culture? That's going to be the question. But if you're putting your 
expectations sky high. We got to win the ACC again. I think you need to temper them a little bit. I understand the standard has been set, but you just lost your Belitnikov award winner. You lost your Heisman quarterback. You lost your corner one. Not saying Pitt can't win nine, ten games, get back to the ACC championship. I think they can. I think that's very possible. But I also think, you know, I think that that is setting yourself up for a little disappointment. I really do. I think that this Pitt team is a good one. Is it quite as good as last year's team? I don't know. We'll see. I think the defense is going to have to do a lot more of the weight carry. I think that they can't have some of the down games they did last year. I'm not sure if this Pitt offense is going to have the firepower they did. It's just tough to replace Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. It really is. And I think that you do have to weigh that a lot. So 10, 9, 10 wins, completely realistic. But I think that's kind of where you put it. Nine wins is probably my nice median ground. I think nine and three is a nice expectation. I think they, they could go over that. I think they could even go under that, certainly. So we'll see. Jordan Asson is a blow, and officially losing him sucks. Again, especially in the ways that it happened, you don't feel great about it even now. But was expected at this point. All right, folks, in the next episode, we're going to talk about Greg Elliott, the Marquette transfer, committing to Pitt basketball. We'll talk about the dimension he has to the team and what he could potentially change about everything that's going on here. As always, thank you for listening. And as always, folks, hail to Pitt.